Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we talk about Pathfinder 2, Starfinder, and just announced Kids on Brooms, which is a Kids on Bikes uh, variant that is all magical kids in school. We also talk about copyrights and streaming and, and lots of good stuff, so I hope you enjoy the episode. everybody, welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello, I have a silent SH in the middle, because you, you pronounce my name Lucian, so, Ooh. you know, and there's no SH in there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Or would it be a silent C? Lucian? Lucian. Yeah, we are a Dungeons and Dragons uh, talk show podcast, live show thing where we talk about D&D and all of the crazy stuff that we get up to. Um, And uh, thank you for joining us live, uh, you know, 9 a.m. Pacific on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, Lucian and I were just talking about uh, characters that we want to play, potentially, or, Mm -hmm. or... various builds of characters. You were talking about a wizard and I was talking about a bard. Um, but we were talking about that because of Hero Forge. Yes. And Hero Forge has a color beta that's going on right now. And they were very nice to send uh, me uh, an invite into this beta. So I was playing around with colors and stuff. And I think not, not today, maybe tomorrow, probably Monday or Tuesday, but you guys should follow me on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Jordan because I will be uh, playing around with this new Hero Forge color stuff. Um, and it's really, it's gonna be fun. So we can like build a character together. I kind of mm-hmm. want to build a strength-based Minotaur bard. That's what I'm feeling right now. Um, but welcome. Thank you guys so much for being here. Lucian, how are you? Pretty good. Um, doing okay with our, you know, our quarantine stuff that's yep, going on. Trying quarantined. to keep busy, keeping keeping things going, reading lots of books, watching lots of TV shows and movies, playing lots of games, imagining myself role-playing lots of cool stuff. Um, never seems to stop. So that's pretty good. It's, yeah. uh, I'm ready for summer to hit in. I'm ready for the warmer weather. Michigan has still been a little chilly for our springtime. So we've still been in the yeah. 40s and 50s. I'd love for us to get up into those 70s and 80s. and just Yeah. No, it's warm. been really nice here. Uh, yeah. Really nice. And uh, going on a lot of walks and stuff and enjoying mm-hmm. the outside, trying to, uh, trying to get out of the house as much as I can. Um, but, uh, it, it doesn't seem to happen. I don't know. <laughs> like, cause I'm always like, well, I don't know. I'll mow the lawn yeah. or something. I'll get out of the house a little bit, but like, yeah, I was, uh, it's weird because where I'm sitting right now is my like gaming, YouTubing, you know, area. And it's mm-hmm. become my work area. And now, so now it's like I work all day here and then I leave and I'm like, I don't want to see that area anymore because I got done working and I, I'm not, I don't come back. And so when I do have to come back to like play games, I'm like, uh, and then I have fun. But like, it's always this frustrating yeah. thing. Uh, but it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm just noticing things about myself. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and there's a difference between something where you, you do something for eight hours and then you go home and you do a bunch of stuff for the whatever eight hours before you go to bed right. or however late you stay up. And then all of a sudden it changed the, like you just said, it changes to I'm eight hours here. Maybe I go and do something, but I come back and now I'm another five or six hours here. 
that's yeah. 15 hours in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's different tiring. for some people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, uh, no fault of your own are a little off center. So I'm going to change your, there we go. Now you're good. I just had to <laughs> rotate you over a little bit. I did so, mess with my camera. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is awesome. We're going to talk about, uh, Dungeons and Dragons news. Um, and then we usually talk about something that has inspired us, uh, our bardic inspiration. And then we talk about our games that we're playing, which I'm playing a lot of games. You're playing quite a few games here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but first of all, uh, what's going on in the world of Dungeons and Dragons? Or RPGs I notice, in general, I guess. Yeah, I noticed a couple of videos dropped, which were, if you're looking for something to watch. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm surprised I haven't done this lately. I used to be a big fan, I should say, back in the day of Duragar. There's a Lore You Should Know video out where mm -hmm. they talk a little bit about Durgar, or he says the other pronunciation is Duargar. So I know some of you out there pronounce it in a couple of different ways. I like the Duergar yeah. uh, pronunciation is the way I've always done it. And back in the day, it was one of my favorite classes to, to play. And when I recently, I, recently we started again when I picked everything up about five, six years ago now, I haven't built a Duragar character and I really should. I forget how much I like them even though I feel like their background story is a little pigeonholey kind of like they're, they're forced to be the evil guy. They were tricked into being evil and now they're completely evil and they've been enslaved and they have these different gods that have messed them up. And so I always think of them as like fault. the tragic hero. Yeah. yeah. Like it's yeah. not so their fault, but like they're yeah. bitter against it and they're just kind of, I don't know. I like Duergar, but yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I should really make one again and maybe play one out at some point, but I haven't done it in five years. I haven't made a 5e Duragar. And what I liked about them before in the past too was the the cool psionics that they could get or yeah. this stuff. But there's a really cool idea about this, this dwarven race that has at certain um, levels get the Enbiggen spell, is what I like to call it. Enbiggen? <laughs> <laughs> the you know the the, yeah, yeah. the 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 growth spell i forget enlarge reduce enlarge or reduce yeah. spell only they can only use it to enlarge yeah and then they could use that when they're constructing things so it makes sense that if you're a huge we want to build massive things that you uh -huh. could make yourself hulk size to do stuff and then back to a different size to do finer detail or do different types of things i think that's kind of a cool idea behind and it makes sense then why you know, the mind flayers would want to enslave a race like that because of their versatility. They're how, how useful they are. They didn't pick the elves to enslave. They didn't want them. They picked these dwarves, these certain dwarves that with these abilities. I thought that's a cool angle to go down. So if you haven't heard anything about them or you've only heard of them in passing, you want to know a little bit more, there is a lore you should know you could watch. I don't know. Does Jordan have anything on his channel? About I do. Um, I think uh, the Underdark Races, I made a video on Underdark Races and I cool. think uh, they're in there. Uh, it's Check hard, to, I have like over a hundred and, I think I was working on 146 of my lore videos this morning. And mm. uh, I have made a couple of videos where I'm like, oh, this is a great idea for a video. And then I make it and then people are like, you already did this, but like 40 videos ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm I'm losing track of what I've actually covered. So you can't tell um, me what minute and what video no, that you talked about. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, I have talked about Durgar uh, because I do remember the lore of that and, and researching yeah. it and stuff like that. For the Forgotten Realms, of course. There are other other stories for them. Versions other, of them, or, yeah. yeah other Does Eberron, maybe I should ask you this. Does Eberron have a Durgar version? Not that I know of. 
Nope. Mm, we'll have to send a message over to Keith and see and ask about that. Um, maybe he's, the, maybe he's talked about it. Yeah, the, I mean, there's more continents to explore with uh, Eberron. So, and usually he's thought about the, each of the races, what what's going on with them. Well, not all the races. Like, there's no tieflings in, uh, there's no dragons. But does he have a reason there's no tieflings? Or is he just, like, he's thought about there are no tieflings, right? Uh, no, there, yeah, there's just no tieflings. Because, uh, like, tieflings and dragonborns and things like that, that was a uh, fourth edition race that made it into fifth edition. And so with the fourth edition Eberron books, he's like, you know, Eberron doesn't have tieflings, but if you want to, there's like weird stuff in the north. There's also the the um, the Mornlands. Weird things could have happened there. So you could have a Kenku, you could have a tiefling, you could have a lot of this stuff, but there's not like an official race of them, hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah. like you could still play them they're and you could figure out a way to play them, but they're not they're not abundant. You you would be like the Kenku, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're not a civilization. They're not. Yeah, a, a, and the a, and the Drow are there, but they're they're surface Drow that live in Zendrik, which is a continent far away and stuff. And uh, uh yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of interesting. He uh, so Durgar specifically, like you could have a Durgar, like, but I think it would be like you're the weird changed dwarf. You know, or maybe like a clan of dwarves or something, and there wouldn't be like mm -hmm. a whole race of them in the Underdark because there's not really an Underdark in. Uh, that was my next yeah. question. As you were saying that, has he dived into Eberron's version of what's in the Earth? Uh, Underdark is called for. Yeah, well, uh, realms. Yeah, but is it called something different? For, um, yeah, it's yeah. the world below. It's it, it, but Kyber is an analogy for uh, the abyss and the the nine hells and just all of the evil creepy things that are that are supposedly below the earth um you know so the, cool. the surface good the sky celestial below us evil that you know is contained by the celestial sky and all that other stuff so mm -hmm. again like eberron's cool it really wants to be its own thing though um yeah. it doesn't want to be like i'm part of uh, like the Forgotten Realms is here and, you know, Crin Space is over here and blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't want to be those things. Uh, Keith Baker really likes the idea of it being its own thing. Uh, so yeah. because of that, there are, you know, this race isn't here. Uh, but if you buy Rising from the Last War, there's a whole section on how do I, how do I incorporate my Dragonborn race into this? Or how do I incorporate, you know, whatever you want? So uh, Goliath or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to make underhuman since we've got, you know, oh, yeah? we got dark elves, we've got Duragar, we've got deep gnomes. We need, yeah. we need underhumans. Yeah, I never thought humans. about that. <laughs> that would be actually they only exist. I wonder why that doesn't exist or like <laughs> you, you could take a, yeah, like a sub race uh, and just yeah. give them dark vision or something and, and make them, uh, I don't know, pale and mean. Cause everybody's angry. A race of the, the blind even. It's yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. The other, <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to go off on a tangent there. The other uh, video I saw that was really good is if you are uh, interested in what it went into our last uh, Unearthed Arcana article, uh, we had a Psionics Options Revisited where they're talking about where Bart Carroll and Jeremy Crawford are giving us some insight in where they were going with their newest design the ideas behind it, what, what some of the flavors they were taking of it, and just answering some questions here or there, like uh, if if the soul knife throws their psychic knife, can the monk block it? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was one of the questions I was like, and I think Jeremy said, yeah, you could block it, but you couldn't catch it and throw it back. I think is what the, what he ruled on that one. So that was interesting. We do have a soul knife in our campaign. So it's going to be interesting to see how that class plays out. Cool. Um, super fun. And I still like, I'm, I'm digging the newest options as I go back through them, as I kind of get my head wrapped around them. I think it's a better way to go wrapping them into subclasses or feats that you can take or just some spells here or there that you could flavor what you want to do versus here's a chapter on psionics. Here's how everything's completely different psionics based wise. Like to play a psionic. Like it should be, I'm a psionic wizard or I'm a psionic rogue. I kind of like that too. Uh, And and originally I, I was thinking like it should be its own thing, but at least with fifth edition, it really feels like speaking of Duergar, like you have a, a a touch of psionics, you know, something, something happened to you. And then so story wise, you could say, you know, that was really cool. I think I'm going to take this feat at fourth level that gives me like a psionic jump ability or a psionic uh, mage hand. And we're going to flavor that as uh, Mm -hmm. I was touched like this. And so I don't know. I kind of like that. Like you could be, I'm a psionic human and take the variant human and use that to get a feat that does that. And then that plays into you becoming the psionic knight or something like that. So, yeah. uh, And I was the other way. I was like, you just said, like, I think originally when I was coming at it, I was remembering the second edition advanced Dungeons and Dragons version. um, And I was looking more for like its own thing. That's separate. has totally different mechanics. Doesn't have spell slots. Doesn't have this or that. Um, but I think in the 5e world, I, I'm, I'm liking that it rolls into 5e better and it's not another new or different system that you have to show somebody who's maybe new to the game or maybe was never experienced the older editions of what psionics were. This is the first time you've ever heard of psionics or ever got to play psionics right. or choose psionics. It's going to be easier to teach you, oh, it's this subclass or it's this feat thing that you take that allows you to do, you know, a telekinetic moving of something or a telekinetic jump or a... Yeah you know, enhance your, your, your weapon attacks in some way telekinetically. Um, and it's all based around mind powers or something's happened that's given you these powers. And I just think, I, I, I think it's easier to roll in. It doesn't all have to be its own system. So I'm liking, I'm liking the new one. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm hope I'm not sure what we're going to see it in. I don't know what book. I mean, we know we've got the, the next uh, Magic the Gathering book coming out. We've heard no news yet on is there another Forgotten Realms book? Or are we done? Are we never getting another Forgotten Realms book at this point? Is there another campaign that they want to introduce or, or let us in on? Um, are they going to give us a third or fourth Eberron book? Um, I don't know. I don't, you know. We don't have any of that knowledge yet. Everything's just kind of been put on hold announcement-wise. But we got till June till we see the Magic the Gathering book, and I'm sure sometime around June we'll start to get hints of whatever the next thing is on the horizon. Uh, hopefully something with a lot of these subclasses and a lot of these cool things we've been seeing in the UA articles. So, yep. Pretty cool. Um, so those are the two things I saw on their site. Everything else has been like, I went through Greg Tito's news thing and you can go through that, but usually it's the same thing. It's, you know, showing a few articles, showing just a few of the products that are, we are already know about or have talked about quite often. And then showing some videos from some of the live stream stuff that's being played. No new announcements. He's not really doing new announcements. And I've not caught like a, at the very end, oh, and here's a, a hint of, you know, our next book or anything. So I'm trying to scrub through all that stuff for you guys so you don't have to waste your time if you don't want to. 
Um, and then other than that, people are still working at home. They're still working at home. Um, they're doing all their stuff streaming from their, their own homes. And uh, so we'll have to wait and what we, we'll have to see what else we get for D&D news. But that's about all I have D&D news-wise. I see yeah. a couple other notes in here, though. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I, I've been, I picked up Pathfinder 2, and I've been reading mm. that book pretty diligently. And I know that you like Starfinder, or you're playing Starfinder. Um, I do like Starfinder. I do have one new criticism. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to ask you, I was just curious about what, <laughs> yeah. how do you feel about Starfinder? I haven't read Starfinder. And from what I heard though, a lot of the Pathfinder 2 playtest stuff came out of stuff that they did with Starfinder. So uh -huh. it's, it's a different game, but it's also easy to think of Starfinder as there's Pathfinder and then Starfinder is 1.5 Pathfinder mm -hmm. and then Pathfinder 2 is Pathfinder 2. So yep. I don't know. So for me, because I didn't play Pathfinder and I've not read through Pathfinder 2, I'm not sure to be able to say comparative wise, you know, are they yeah. close? Is it in the middle? Um, but I have heard the same thing you've said. I've mm. heard that from the players that are Pathfinder players and Pathfinder 2 players. Um, and I do enjoy reading the book. I enjoy the artwork. I enjoy the ideas they're exploring. I do wish they had an editor that was able to put the rules for a class together in a way that didn't make you flip three or four pages to understand what the hell's going on mm. with the thing, because there's like one thing here and then you have to flip two more pages over to find something else. And you got to go back to the other page to look up something else again. Mm. And it feels like a lot of back and forth until you have your character set for as far as what they could do. And I feel like they could just use a little tweaking in there of a better layout of explaining what your character can or cannot do or what when it gets something new or when it doesn't get something new and placing those in a in certain fonts and sizes to make your eyes catch out the things that are important i think the dungeon the dnd books do a really good job of this most of the time um, of of really directing your eyes where the important stuff is keeping things grouped together. If they're talking about spell slots and spell things, usually the spell stuff's all right there. Even though you might have to go and look at the spell list later on in the book, at least how, what spells do I know? How many slots do I get? How do I gain new slots? Those things are usually right in the same spot. They're not like one page over, two mm -hmm. pages over to try to figure that kind of stuff out. But the artwork is amazing and evocative. Mm -hmm. It makes you think of all kinds of cool stories and the character classes are really diving into some really cool and different things and you start to think of all the different sci-fi stuff that you're into and you start equating it to how could I play it in this um, Starfinder game so it's I'm enjoying Starfinder enough that I'm pretty sure that if I jumped into like a Pathfinder 2 at this point I probably would enjoy it because the minds behind Starfinder are the yeah. same people and they're coming up with some really cool interesting things that get my mind moving yeah, uh, specifically, like, magic has been very, uh, I don't know, like, we have we have divine magic and nature magic and uh, arcane magic. Uh, they take it a step further that there's, like, occult magic. And, uh, mm. and I didn't realize this, but wizards in Pathfinder 2, they're more like wizards from older editions of D&D, &D, where if I want to cast magic missile... I prepare magic missile, but then I need to, if I want to cast that three times, I have to prepare that three times. Mm -hmm. So like you, you only have, you know, 
like I'm gonna I'm gonna do water breathing, and it's like, oh, can you cast it on all of us? Actually, no, because I only yeah. prepped it once. <laughs> hmm. And I and that makes wizard play a little more frustrating for me. Uh, and yeah. I think 3.5 was like that because I remember playing Neverwinter Nights and having to like, okay, I've got my four fireballs and how much I really enjoyed the sorcerer more because he had fewer spells that he could pick from, but uh, he could also like on the fly just use a spell slot to cast fireball. And you could do that mm -hmm. seven times if you had seven spell slots or you could use it one time and other stuff. So yeah. the bard and the sorcerer and I think some other classes, they are that they call them spontaneous casters and they can do that. Whereas like the wizard and the cleric and the druid, they're very rigid and they have to select how many spells and what they, what do they want? Uh, I thought that was really cool reading through that. Their magic system is just kind of interesting and, and very, uh, they use symbols uh, to kind of explain like this is a, a two action casting or this is a something like that. Uh, concentration is there, but they call it something else. Um, and then uh, last night, before I went to bed, I got to the ritual section, and there's a whole list of rituals and how they operate. And something that I feel is missing in uh, fifth edition D&D &D is, is other wizards helping you. So if I'm going to cast a ritual, I could have another wizard come in, and the two of us could work on the ritual together, and then you should get a bonus to that ritual. Yeah. And, and every ritual spell in Pathfinder 2 has... Uh, like a critical success, something really cool happens. Uh, a moderate success, this happens. A failure, ooh, you guys messed up. So you are encouraged to be like, hey, can I get three or four wizards to help me out? And Dungeon Qual Classics is kind of like that too. Like I like the idea mm. that DCC has these, like we're casting a spell together. Um, we're all kind of focused on it. So I don't know, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And and so I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I don't know, it, it is complicated. And I was actually looking online for the equivalent of a D&D Beyond, because I want to build a character, but I also kind of want mm -hmm. to know that I'm not building it incorrectly, if that makes yeah. sense, uh, yep. because it is very complex, and I just, I never had the, I never had the Pathfinder, um, uh, Pathfinder, original Pathfinder foundation to help mm -hmm. me with Pathfinder 2, uh, but who knows? I really, I would love to find somebody to run me in a Pathfinder one-shot or something, because I think that would be a lot of fun, but... Yeah. So yeah, yeah. and that's not really news, but it's something going on in my life as I was reading Pathfinder 2. But <laughs> go ahead, Lucian. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, and Starfinder was the same way as we're building our characters. That we got to the point where we weren't sure if we did it right. So, and there's not like an online character builder. There wasn't a character mancer in Roll20. Mm -hmm. um, they have character sheets, but it's not clear if we had been doing it right. And we were using, um, which I know I'm, I'm just... I guess I'm one of the people that's on the outs of this, but Fantasy Grounds is just not my cup of tea at yes. all. And trying to figure that character sheet out has not been fun at all to try to figure out how to make it work with Starfinder. But the game in general is good. I've enjoyed watching some of the videos from Paizo that talk about they build some characters and they talk about their design stuff. They're, they're pretty engaging with their community. So it's definitely a cool... I'm keeping them on my radar and I'm, I'm thinking diving into... Pathfinder 2. It does feel like 5e has a nice level of complicatedness to it that's not too much for me, but it's good for running combats and it's got some cool things in it. I feel like Pathfinder is a little bit higher on that complication scale. Um, and then if you play something like Cypher System, you're a little bit lower on that complication yeah. scale. And not by big degrees, but by just little things. So depending on what you want to focus on or what really gets you going. Like I love a cool 
intricate combat round. Right. I know not everybody's into that, but you know, I can kind of really base my games based on what what type of players I'm playing with and what they like. And I can say, oh, you want a little bit more crunchy? Pathfinder, Starfinder's been really cool. You want right in the middle, DD 5e works for everything. And that'll come back up in the show a little bit later. And then, hey, you want you want to pull some crunch out of there, but you just want to really get into story and flavor and things that are going on. Look at that cipher system. Look at Numenera, the Strange, and all that stuff has been really good. So. Something we uh, I didn't I didn't put this in the notes because I, I didn't think about it until just now. But uh, Paizo, the company that makes Pathfinder Two, actually publicly came out and said uh, they they have uh, copyright restrictions on if you want to stream their system. Oh, I did see that. Um, I saw your- and uh, it's it, and I read through it, and it's very. Um, what what they're trying to do is they're trying to stop. Uh, if if you're making money off of a game uh, that you're running, they want to basically say we are entitled to either some of that money or you're not allowed to to use it in that way uh, because I don't know. And I I think think about Critical Role. Like it, Critical Role makes a lot of money. They're their own business. They're mm-hmm. using the five E rules. It would be the equivalent of wizard going Wizards of the Coast going to them and being like, actually, you're not allowed to do any of this with our system uh, because we wrote the game. And they're like, but we wrote the story. You know, we're using your system. Yeah, but it's it's kind of weird. So uh, I, I and a lot of people were off putting about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you uh, have a Patreon that makes that takes donations for a game that you're running you are not allowed to do that specifically. Like Paizo could come after you. Um, and if you're using their art, Paizo could come after you. If you're using um, their their world. So uh, I don't know the Paizo world, but or the, the Pathfinder 2 world, but there's a world associated with just like the Forgotten Realms. And if you're yeah. using that like, world and those- with a G, right? I can't remember, sorry. I read it last night, but I can't remember. But if you're using that world and stuff, they're they're very against it. And that just seems like a dumb idea to me because the people that are streaming Pathfinder and doing stuff like that, they're the ones that are passionate about it and it's advertising for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that really weird that they decided to take that kind of an action. Uh, but I don't know. That I'm sure they consulted a bunch of lawyers and lawyers thought it was a good idea but uh, us creative types yeah it was recent but us creative types always think that well that's a bad idea because you're just limiting creativity in that aspect like and Mm -hmm. and when if personally when somebody throws up that many red flags i look at that and i'm just like well pathfinder 2 you looked like you were really fun and interesting Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna go play numenera because i don't want to get calls from a lawyer you know? Oh, yeah. And so that just makes me not want to pay, play their system. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder if something happened that triggered, they need to go talk to somebody and then they talked to somebody and they gave them these ideas and then they ran with these ideas and maybe they're not, you know, like you're saying, they went yeah. too far for what they were trying to accomplish in the first place. Did they just come out of the blue and just decide, Hey, we need to look at these rules again. Or I wonder if any of the, the community pressure has got them to back up because we are definitely in the times of corporations announcing things or companies announcing things and then immediately going, Oh, okay. There's a lot of people that didn't like that. Let's switch this or let's massage that or let's pull this thing back. Uh, You know, it seems like, uh, you know, That's we we don't talk one. about video games, but I think Nintendo tried to do this a while ago, where they were like, if you're if you're no, Twitch you streaming a Nintendo game, you're not allowed to do this or that. 
because they want to save face with their brand. And it mm -hmm. was like, but you can't control the streamers unless you're just going to sue everybody, which is what it felt like. And so then they were like, oh, right. well, we're, we're not going to play Nintendo games anymore on, on Twitch, which mm -hmm. oddly, like, Nintendo was okay with uh, mm -hmm. because it's like, well, if people aren't doing that, then they're going to buy our game if they can't watch somebody yeah, play we're Super Smash money. Brothers. We don't, we don't so, need you. I don't know. It Anyway, this... Yeah. It was weird, and, and I don't know the full story of it, but uh, I go search Paizo's, uh, you can Google this. Uh, I don't have a link for it, I'm sorry, because we, we didn't have it in the show notes, because I just thought of it. But mm -hmm. uh, really, really odd behavior, I thought. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird, because community content, we all use that fair use policy in, in the best ways that we understand it. And um, some corporations, like if we were doing this with me, it's like the music industry. The music industry puts a stomp on anybody that tries to use anything remotely. You, you want to play our song? You got to pay us to play our song. You want to play 45 seconds of our song? You're going to pay us for 45 yeah, seconds. Yeah, to the point of like, so, yeah. I did a cover of said song and yeah, the recording still... industry was going after people on YouTube for yeah. playing a cover, um, which is their voice, their instrument, their everything, but not their lyrics, not their mute, you know? And so I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I hope. TTRPGs don't go that route. I, hope I do too, because company, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of creative stuff going on. And yeah. the minute they, they put a stomp on that, it's like, well, now it's just over, you know? Yeah. Like I can't release a podcast. I can't do this. <laughs> uh, on a lighter Your note, last announcement, finally, yeah, uh, uh, so a while ago, kids on bikes, I'm a big fan. And a while ago I was, uh, I was sitting at home washing dishes or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, kids on bikes, but you're, you're at Hogwarts, it's Harry Potter. And mm -hmm. I was like, how can we play a kids on brooms? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And so I wrote a, a kids on bikes hack uh, where you're Hogwarts students. And I basically took the, the game of kids on bikes and I, instead of having you know strength or, or charisma or something, you have uh, uh, the dark arts magic or you have this. And so different spells were attributed to different roles. Um, and I made this thing, and if you're interested in it, we called it Kids with Wands, and it's on the Saturday Morning D&D Show channel. There's uh, uh, an episode of it, and you can watch it. And mm -hmm. it, we had a lot of fun. It was really great. I've ran it twice now. Well, the reason I called it Kids with Wands is because <laughs> when I was talking about this and generating ideas for it, somebody from Renegade Studios who was working on an official magic version of Kids on Bikes was like, you might not want to call it Kids on Brooms. Because mm -hmm. we're we're gonna eventually this is gonna get released. It's not Harry Potter themed, but it's gonna be like how do you play kids in a magical world kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and so I just said, well, I'll call it Kids with Wands, and they were like, all right. Um, that was a long time ago. Like I want to say a mm -hmm. year ago, if not more. It was officially announced a couple days ago that Kids on Brooms is now coming out. I pre-ordered it because I'm really excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see uh, if I want to continue playing my like hacked version or what they did, or maybe an amalgamation of the two. But uh, stay tuned because once that game's out, I'm going to run some more Kids on Brooms stuff. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and I wonder how are they going to do it because Kids on Brooms definitely points you to Hogwarts. I mean, that's the only thing we know of kids flying around on brooms in any type of pop culture. So do they create new houses that people can be a know. part of and they, they just go the whole route or did they somehow have a deal with the Harry Potter 
there's not, uh, the, as far as I know, I have no idea, but uh, I will, I, I'm leaning towards that they do not have a deal and this is just a, you know, so people are gonna take this and they're gonna try and play Harry Potter games. This actually oh, segues really interesting back to our <laughs> copyright thing where I yeah. bet Harry Potter is like, we do not want uh, you to unofficially do this. So that's a hypothetical question that I don't wanna answer <laughs> is what if Jordan takes a kids on broom system and makes a podcast based on the Harry Potter thing and he gets Patreon money for that. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Who sues you, you know, like Renegade Studios or JK they Rowling or everybody's <laughs> angry. I don't know. Um, everybody's mad. But uh, I, from the description, they don't have any any Wizarding World trademarked anything. So I think it's going to be here's how you play generic kids. Um, it, and and there's other shows that do this. Uh, there was uh, uh, the Worst Witch was a show from the 80s or the early 90s that uh, a British show that I think J.K. Rowling took a lot of influence from when she wrote Harry Potter, but that's six one have a dozen. Or, or the new but... one out there is the college version, Magicians. Oh yeah, there you go. So <laughs> a little bit more adult themed. But I mean, I'm excited either way. So we'll see yeah, what happens cool. there, but yeah. Very uh, cool. So you called it basically. And I remember yeah. we talked about this because it was right after you picked up your book. We were at Gen Con. We were roaming all around on the floor and we went out to the board game playing area where you could kind of sit down at tables, and that's where they had set up their booth. We'd finally found them. Yeah. And you'd gotten your book and you got your other thing, but you had already started talking about, I got this idea. Yeah. Done brooms, you know, mixing this stuff up. Yeah. And I remember that. They were really, really cool, cool though, because he did they say. They were nice like, about it. I thought they were, yeah. I thought the way you presented it was they were nice to you about it. It wasn't like this, hey, cease and desist. Or no, 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 house. no. They very much, uh, and it was just one guy and he contacted me on Twitter and he's just like, and it was very polite, but he's like, we humbly ask you not yeah. to call it kids on brooms. <laughs> because if my hack of kids on bikes had blown up for some reason, yeah. They would be like, well, we already, you know, and so I'm like, fair enough. And yeah. and my hack has not blown up. I put it on Reddit. I give it away for free. Anybody can look at the rules. Um, but it was, uh, it was, I don't know. So they, they were very polite about it. And he even said at the very end, like when the official rules come out, you can play that one or you can play your hack. And I hope you enjoy either. And I'm like, thank mm -hmm. you very much. So, yeah. but I'm, I'm just really excited. I like the Kids on Bikes system. Uh, I have not played Teens in Space, but it is the exact same game as Kids on Bikes, except you're in <laughs> sci-fi space setting. Um, apparently the Kids on Bikes system is being applied to a uh, young adult book series that I can't remember the name of, but Renegade also announced this, that you'll be able to play in this post-apocalyptic world using the kids on bike system. So we've uh, got it all. We've so, got 80s kids, yeah. we've got space kids, we've yeah. got magic kids, and then we've got survival kids. Survival kids. <laughs> okay. um, uh, the next iteration is gonna be kids on bikes Cthulhu. Sure. And then exactly. after that, kids on bikes, yeah. anthropomorphic pets. And you're Definitely. gonna play animals in the world of kids on bikes, yeah. Or a I'm calling version. it right now, Renegade a Studios. What would be the Pokemon version? Kids on kids and balls. balls. I don't know. It's the kids on Whoa. animals shoved into tiny balls, <laughs> and it's cruel. That is the yeah. name of that book. That uh, is the name of that book. <laughs> next is Bardic Inspiration, where we're going to talk about things that have inspired us in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I noticed you had yours in early. This doesn't happen often now. On yeah. all of these, this might be the third or fourth where Jordan had an idea early. So. I'm ready to hear this early idea you had. It looks very interesting in the notes. There is a new show 
that is on Netflix. <laughs> it is called The Midnight Gospel. Okay, um, I missed this. It is, have you heard of this at all? No. Oh my all. gosh. So uh, it, it's, it's odd. Um, the uh, creator of Adventure Time does the art for it, I think. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the premise of this show is this gentleman named Clancy has a, uh, he lives on some weird Mobius strip of a world. Um, so like, it's just a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a weird planetary thing. He's in space. And he has a device that is a, a simulator that simulates different kinds of worlds. And he goes to these planets, these simulated planets with simulated people, and they're all fake. And he he asks them if I can interview you to be on my Spacecast, which is a podcast in space. Um, and so that's the dumb premise of the show. But uh, he what it, what it, the show really is is this character Clancy has these really philosophical, spiritual discussions with these people, and the juxtaposition of it with weird psychedelic artwork and mm. the stories don't always mesh up. So they might be talking about um, Taoism or something and uh, they're fighting through a zombie apocalypse. Like, mm. and so the two of them are having this really interesting discussion about whatever, but like they're shooting zombies at the same time. Uh, right. And I think it's the idea that you're supposed to, well, I don't know. Like, I'm still digesting this show, but I devoured sure. it. I really, really liked it. <laughs> I did not like the first two episodes. Was like, what am I watching? I don't like this at all. Episode three, so good. And then the Ooh, rest wow. of it, up until the final episode, which is amazing, beautiful. Uh, and it got me thinking about simulated worlds. And that's what we mm -hmm. do with RPGs. Like, we sit down and we're just like, okay, let's roll in. Uh, Jordan's going to play a wizard named Josh A and Wildmount. Uh, and part of that wizard Josh A is me just like the character Clancy part of him is his avatar in these simulated worlds that he's interviewing people with. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, specifically, so that got me thinking about D and D I guess I just wanted to talk about the show more than it was Bardic inspiration, but, okay. <laughs> but uh, I like the idea of a Mobius strip planet. I think that's a really interesting idea where your top and bottom is the same line. And then uh, in episode three, there's a lady that has a flower and this flower heals other creatures. And as it heals creatures, it takes their like their pain and their healing and then it turns into a sword. And so uh, I think that was more of how I was going to incorporate it into bardic healing is that there has these she has this interesting plant sword. Um, and I like the idea of like maybe a uh, fey warlock. Mm -hmm. that has a pact of the blade that's actually like this blossoming flower that he can transform into various things. And, and I don't know, it's kind of interesting, but uh, really, really cool show. I don't know if it's your cup of tea, Lucian. I mean, I know we've been doing this for like two years now, mm -hmm. but I don't know you super well. <laughs> right, uh, right. But if you like, uh, <laughs> if you liked um, Tales from the Loop, which was kind of artsy kind and of interesting weird. and yeah. weird, you might also just try it. at least get to episode three because that's where I was like, okay, I think I understand what's going on, and I liked episode three, but I didn't like the first two episodes. But yeah, okay. now I like all of it because it the episode eight puts a nice bow on the whole series. Really cool. So a plant sword. You were just saying something that started my brain thinking a little bit of something that changes. It has two uses. It hurts mm -hmm. or it heals. Mm -hmm. The more it heals, the shape of it changes one way, and the more it hurts, the shape of it changes one way. Or what if it was the opposite? 
the more you healed, the more it turned into a sword. And once it became a full sword, you had to hurt with it before you could heal again. And mm -hmm. the more you hurt with it, the more it turned back into a healing device so that you could never, it was always the opposite of what you were trying to do. And it would never. So eventually you, it, so, okay. So you have a sword. what you're doing one way or the other. Yeah. You have a sword that does 1d12 damage. And every time you roll above a 10, it goes down to 1d10 damage. And every time you roll above a Drops eight, a die. it goes down to 1d8. And it keeps dropping yeah. die if you go above a certain die amount. And then at the very end, you're like, I can only do a d4 damage with this thing, but I can heal 1d12 to somebody D12. else. D12. <laughs> yeah. And then if you, and I like that. That's a cool magic item because it, it would go back, back and, and forth. forth. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you can keep it's using it and be like, you know, I really need to hit this d6 because then I know I can heal him for 1d12. Yeah. I'm going to write that magic item. Cool that's a cool thing. idea. That's, I like that. It's going to be a plant too. That's where my, part yeah, of that's, yeah, the midnight like a, a plant based thing that's going back and forth. Very cool. That's where my mind went as you were explaining all. I like that. it. I like where it. the space cat, <clears throat> cats came in. Oh, see when I read your notes. Yes. I read <clears throat> midnight gospel space cats. And no, I thought, well, of cast. course, Jordan, like space cats. Of course. <laughs> no, no, it's a podcast in space. It's a space <laughs> yeah. cast. Can I interview now you for my space it. cast? Yeah. Now it makes um, way more sense. And uh, this is actually how I was going to bring it up to you. We need to start broadcasting the Saturday morning D&D show in space. In space. So I'm going to need, I don't know, like. Satellites? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, from you Elon. specifically, since I'm editing the show and uploading it and yeah. doing all this stuff, if you yeah. could just front me the $85,000 we need for the space cast and then Done. get it really. to the moon farther, yeah. hopefully. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we can do that. I'll, we'll call Elon. And okay, we'll yeah, right uh, he's on speed dial. I'll get him. He'll be, He'll be on the show yeah, one yeah. day. Come on, I'll get him. All right. Well, that's what was good. your bardic inspiration, mine, sir? Well, mine definitely comes from a game I've been playing recently because they just did a a new release of XCOM called Chimera, and I had XCOM two, and I got some of the the downloads for that on Steam, and I loved XCOM in the original game, and I love the XCOM universe, this world of almost eighties or nineties. Life is going on. And then alien ships start showing up and start trying to infiltrate us. And there's this um, outfit that gets created to try to hunt them down and stop the alien invasion. Oh, and then the first game, we're not able to stop them. And the second game, our commander gets captured and, and maybe we win the war, or maybe we don't. And then by the third game, other stuff is going on. So I just love this whole idea of XCOM. And what's really cool about it is very turn-based. So it would fit in an RPG very well with having a very structured turn base. And my whole idea had been, I want to create a 5e skin of XCOM because I went around looking around out there and there wasn't too much RPG wise. And uh, somebody, one of our players who plays, uh, Cedric who plays um, on our Tuesday night game, he said, hey, you should look at, there's a Mass Effect skin out there for Dungeons and Dragons 5e. And he sent me the rules. It was just made by fans. It's a website. You can look it up. You can Google it. And I read through it and they actually did a really good job of making 5e feel very much like Mass Effect. They went nice. through and restructured some of the abilities and gave you the ability to do the classes. And you got certain things at third level and you got certain things at seventh level and you got certain things at 10th level. And it really felt like the Mass Effect world. And I'm like, they did a really good job of just staying in line, but renaming things and re figuring things and you could play this game and it mm -hmm. made me think oh you know what i could do mass effect because the only thing that that pulls me away from 5e is when you say well what if i want to introduce guns right i'm going to start shooting things and that's very different than magic swords and bows 
because you're firing an arrow mm -hmm. or with the sword, you're getting an attack or maybe I get a second attack. If I have a machine gun, I just hold the trigger down. There's lots of stuff going on. How am I going to you know, model that in a 5e world that makes sense? But then I kind of stepped back and I thought about it. And really, 5e combat is abstract. It, it, when they say you go and when you roll for an attack, the idea is that you're rolling for one swing of your, your weapon. Mm -hmm. The idea is, as you're in a fight with somebody who's moving, ducking, and dodging, you're fainting, you're trying to hit, you maybe thrown a few swings, mm -hmm. but the dice roll represents, did you get a hit in that transaction, or did you miss during the whole transaction completely? Yeah. So it's not just every swing, I'm rolling for every swing. So if I remember that, well, then when you're pulling the trigger on the gun, you're not rolling for every bullet that comes out, you're abstracting that. You're just saying they're diving into cover they see you shooting at them mm -hmm. bullets are spraying all over the place do any of them just happen to hit here's the role that represents that here's right. the damage that represents that abstract idea when i got my mind around that i thought oh you know what 5e can work for anything i, I was struggling to say can 5e work with a sci-fi setting or can it work because i've seen some other games that use 5e but they they overcomplicated. i think the way they did it hmm. when i saw this um uh mass effect version where they kept it very simple and kept it very much like 5e it was very easy for somebody who plays dungeons and dragons to say oh i understand what's going on here this is nice and easy i thought i can do this i can actually make a 5e XCOM. so that's one of the things i've been working on is i want to play i have some of our players jump in and play an XCOM game what i liked about it is XCOM has this perfect mission formula of you have a map there's usually some missions you can choose from because you get intel from something mm -hmm. that says, hey, go and investigate this thing. And if something happens while you're there, deal with it. And that's a perfect D&D &D session night. That's like that perfect, okay, we've had some rumors from here and here. Which ones do you guys want to fly your ship over to do? Take your team. What equipment are you taking? Okay, we fly over. You're there. You're talking to some people. All hell breaks loose. You're fighting aliens. You're you're backing up to your ship. You're pulling out or you're, you're doing whatever. And then that's our session. Can't wait to see you guys till next week. And then there's this overarching thing of are we stopping the invasion? Are we turning it around? Are we losing the war? Are we winning the war? What's happening? I just thought that's such a fun idea that I, I want to make that. So that's been my bardic inspiration to create XCOM or run an XCOM game using 5e, not going mm -hmm. to look at any other system, use 5e only because then if I grab some of my D&D &D players, it won't be hard to get them up to speed. Because like when we moved to Starfinder, it's hard to get people up to speed who've only played D&D &D and then just hand them the Starfinder book and say, okay, this is the new game we're going to play. Or even hand them the Cypher system book and say, okay, here's what we're going to play. Because there's enough difference there that you have to kind of recalibrate your brain on what game you're playing. And a lot of people can do it, but I felt like it was easier if you just did a D&D &D 5e version of that. So also, if you want to know what I'm talking about, just Google the Mass Effect 5e version rules. It's a website out there that you can go find and you can see what I'm talking about. Or would you play a Mass Effect 5e game? Because I bet if you go look at it, you'd be like, oh, this is did you play the Mass Effect games? I've never played a Mass Effect game, no. Oh my God. I Podcast have... over. Yeah. All right, bye guys. Hey everybody, that's our show. Uh, actually, that's the cast. We're not going to do any more episodes after this until Jordan plays Mass Effect. Um, oh no, I, I I own them on Steam. They were uh, they were super cheap, and I hear yeah. they're really good. I've been told repeatedly that I would like them. Uh, I just haven't played them. So. All right, well, put them on your list. You, okay. in your quarantine list.
right? <laughs> um, yeah. What? Well, that's awesome. So that's uh, that's it for really Bardic cool. Inspiration. That's um, I thought take that and run with it. Like you guys, let us know in comments what you've been getting your Bardic Inspiration from, or if you're taking our Bardic Inspiration and running with it, it would be cool. I'd love to know if you uh, create a Mobius Strip planet, or if yeah. you play some Mass Effect games, no matter what system you're playing in. I'd love to hear about it. I'm going to write that, um, that weapon. I think that's really cool. See, there you go. <laughs> I like that a lot. Don't steal Jordan's weapon. That's his new weapon. Oh, steal away. I don't know. Steal like an artist. Go. <laughs> and uh, so what did, we'll, we'll bounce around here. What did Jordan do for Dungeons and Dragons? It sounds like you did a quite a bit of role playing over the week. Uh, well, yeah, I played three games. Or, well, that's I played good. in two games, ran one. Uh, still doing my wild mount game, which is really exciting. Uh, I think last week I talked about we found a weapon of mass destruction. We were trying to figure out what to do with it. Well, it got stolen, teleported away. And uh, the gentleman that we thought was our ally ended up teleporting away with the bad guys. No. So we're like, well, what do we do? And uh, this gentleman we thought was our ally is also the head honcho of this village. And mm -hmm. his second in command was like, I don't, he left with the bad guys. Like, I don't understand. I thought he was, what's happening? Mm -hmm. And this is going to destroy the city. And I was like, okay. And so I quickly cast Alter Self and uh, grabbed some of his old clothes and pretended mm -hmm. to be him to keep the facade up. And we're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, we found a arcane locked uh, room in his house. And that Nefarious. is something Jordan really wants to get into because I mm -hmm. want m his magic and his money because I'm a very greedy character. Um, <laughs> we weren't able to get past it, but uh, now that I'm impersonating him, I think I'll be able to go back and try to figure out how to how to break into that. Um, nice. So that's been Dispel a lot of fun. magic? Uh, knock, but knock is very no. loud. Dispel magic might work, I'm not sure. Um, I don't have either of those spells, so. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, that's another thing is uh, picking spells. I'm noticing that I like the weird, kooky, dumb spells. Like mm -hmm. they're like, all right, so you're gonna take like fireball, right? Because you're fifth level and like, and I'm like, no, rope Altered. trick. What do you mean <laughs> yeah. fireball? Like I wanna climb a rope and sit in a cool place for an hour. <laughs> Who would want fireball? So I am, I am working with my party and I think I don't think they're actually upset with me but there's a couple of them that I they're just kind of like he's not playing the typical wizard and I'm like oh no that that is not, not how Jordan plays D&D at all <laughs> like like it's it's magic jar it's uh, I take all the weird spells that I love that I never get to use um so. stone yeah oh man I don't even know I'll have to look at my spells I think I ended up taking lightning bolt just so I could appease them and help out in in games yeah. but we'll see um but yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with that game. Uh, again, I don't get to play. We were just talking about how much we love wizards and I love playing a wizard and this is the first time I've actually gotten to like play a wizard. Mm -hmm. uh, Wednesday, my Rod of Seven Parts game, they're having a lot of fun. They discovered a magical orrery that I think they were trying to destroy. Well, I know they were trying to destroy, but this thing is like built to last. Uh, they did not end up destroying it. And so now they have to figure out what they're gonna do with this. But with the right key, and with the right fuel, this orrery can open a portal to any of the different planes anywhere. And so uh, the enemy was using this to pull demons from the abyss, but they're trying to figure out, is there a way we can use this to go other places or to seal off the abyss? So I'm really curious what they're gonna do with that um, information. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, and then th my Thursday game, uh, 
is this Dark Souls super heavy game. Uh, I we're, we're still kind of doing missions for people, but the funny thing is, is I have been infected by mushrooms and uh, these mushrooms are, the spores are now in my brain and every long rest, I have to make a con save. And if I make, uh, the, the book says, if I make three con save successes in a row, I'm cured. But if I don't make them in a row, like if I make two successes and then fail the next one, I still have this mushroom brain. Uh, mm -hmm. And every time I fail, I have to roll a D4 of intelligence damage. Uh, I've failed three times. I am mm -hmm. currently at an intelligence of three. Uh, and if I go to zero, I'm I, I'm dead and I turn into a myconid, uh, which I'm okay with because I think it's interesting and funny. And I'm actually working with some homebrew stuff right now to say, well, what happens if I do die? Could I come back as a mushroom person? Like that would be kind of mm -hmm. interesting. And I'll take levels in myconid. I don't know. So I'm gonna look at some homebrew stuff after this and see what I can and come fun up with. Guy. But, I fun would be guy, the fun yeah. guy. I'll be the fun guy. Hey. hey. I'll play it like Fonzie. <laughs> It'll jokes. be great. Hey, it's a fun guy. <laughs> hey. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my games. Uh, it's really interesting playing this, like really, I mean. Long rests are hard, and we actually don't get super benefits of long rests unless we're in a city. So mm -hmm. we can go out and camp in the woods, but like it's dangerous and we don't sleep well. It's not until we're back at an inn, and it's been fun playing D and D a little more dark and gritty and, and spooky. So yeah. Mm -hmm. But what about you? What's going on? What are you playing? So on? been playing a little. So <clears throat> the saga of me trying on a game that I didn't like, <laughs> it just didn't click, and. Uh, and I definitely want to bring it up on the show because it's just this encouragement of, you know, not every player fits with every game system, yeah. not every player fits with every genre. And the idea is don't, <clears throat> don't let it burn bridges or don't let it close doors to opportunities down the road. If you're kind of open about it and you talk with the DM and the other players and just say, Hey guys, I'm just not clicking with me on this one. Um, you know, if you guys do a different system or you guys do another campaign, like I like road, you, I just don't yeah, want to play. Let me, let me know. I still yeah. might be interested, but just this one that we're playing now, yeah. I'm just not getting into, you know, all I'm about not, checkers, but I don't want to play dominoes anymore, but yeah. I like you. Yeah. I like, I and I want you to dominoes. find a player that does. Yeah. I don't want you to change the game. I don't want you to make it better for me or anything like that. I'm just saying, Hey, find a player that's going to love it. If you guys do a different one, let me know. Cause I still am super interested in playing games. Mm -hmm. I don't to be left out of oh you guys are going to play wild west next time i still want to be in that conversation but this one that's going on i'm just like and what's i think got to me and is this like, is your your uh yeah savage just, world yeah, games right? the savage yeah. world one yeah and the system has not been grabbing me and i think it's because i'm not interested in my character as much as i should be and even when i got some advancements i didn't feel like there was anything on the advancements things i could take that i got excited about and if you're not excited about what your character is right now and what your character is going to become, then you're not really into that mm -hmm. system for whatever reason it is, you know, and, and that was just for me. Now other people love that system. And I think it's, it is probably great for a lot of things. And I'm, I'm glad yeah. just for me, it just didn't click with me. So I told them that, you know, um, and we talked about, Hey, we'll see at Gen Con and maybe we can pick up a different game of something else and we'll play there. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I can't wait to see you guys. And that'd be great. So just keep those bridges there. Keep those doors open. Don't burn them down because you're not enjoying the game. Or if it's not a game you like, don't ruin it for them. Don't ask them to change it to accommodate you. Be, be willing just to say, you know what, guys? Find somebody that can 
pick my spot for this one. Yeah. And then when you guys are talking about the next one, let me know because I might be interested in the Weird West or I might be interested in the zombie apocalypse RPG you're about to play or, you know, whatever next thing that you guys might go to. Um, so no, I mean, I had the exact same thing happen with uh DCC and I'm just like, how could no guys it's dungeon crawl classics. Like <laughs> and, and yeah, like uh, two of the players were just like, I don't like, I want to play D and D like, yeah. I like playing games with you, Jordan, but I'm not interested in this system at all. And I don't want to play it longer than this one shot. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I, I learned a valuable lesson that not every game is for every person. Cause it just blew yeah. my mind that nobody like, this is so cool. Why would you not want to play this? You know? Yeah. So, and I also would like to, at some point, <clears throat> I'm definitely not saying it's the way the DM was doing anything, the way the game was or the campaign world. I'm still willing to give the game a chance, mm -hmm. but I think I would need something that's a very removed experience. Somebody who's really passionate about Savage Worlds has a really good hook into what's going on, can make me excited about playing a character in that world, I'd be willing to still give it another chance. It's just at this point, it wasn't grabbing me because it didn't really, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't imagine five or six or 20 different characters that I want to play. Dungeons and Dragons, me and you literally talked about four new characters we yeah. want to play in the 10 minutes we were waiting for the show to start. I wasn't having that with the Savage World system. It wasn't quite grabbing me yet. So I haven't given up on it, but I'm going to move on for now. And there's lots of other games out there to play that, that can capture my, my attention. Um, my Tuesday night game is the Waterdeep smashed together with Acquisitions Incorporated. I'm enjoying my new amoral character that is a, it was with a band of other amoral characters okay. who have just gotten themselves in trouble again by lying to the Waterdeep guard mm -hmm. and the water deep guard have figured out they're lying and it's all going to hell in a handbasket quick i assume two of them will be put in prison pretty quickly and we'll see how that's going to all work out but it's nice not having to play that character i was my cavalier just couldn't do it he was too honest he was too by the book for this group and now i'm playing this more shady character which is mm. more fun and i get to i get to lean into the shady part like we we automatically lit something on fire so we've already become arsonists at this point mm -hmm. and I've only been with the group for, for a week. And, and I've leaned into the acquisitions incorporated part because when they joined this character had went to two other acquisition incorporated franchises and didn't fit in as not being a team player and got reassigned. So mm -hmm. I love this idea that corporate keeps because corporate will never get rid of a bad person. That's yeah. how corporations yeah. work. <laughs> they never get rid of a bad they just move them around in departments until yeah. they're somewhere they stop causing problems or corporate doesn't hear about them anymore. Right. So I'm playing this very funny character of somebody who's been moved around and corporate just wants to stop hearing about them. And that's it. They wouldn't even think of firing them or getting rid of them. It's just like, let's move them to a supply department and maybe we won't hear of that again. So I really love that idea and leaning into that. Lots of humor in the game. Our Australian Dungeon Master is fantastic and we're having a good time. I can't wait till we get into more of the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which I'm sure is where we're going. Mm -hmm. We're into the Waterdeep part and <clears throat> I don't want to spoil Waterdeep, though many of you had plenty of opportunity, but You'll probably get to play it again. It feels like we're on to the main mystery solving part. So I think we're about to get to where we're going to end up with the end of Waterdeep. Probably in four or five sessions, we'll wrap that one up. And then we'll be ready to do some dungeon delving, which I'm yeah. really excited about. So that's going to be super cool. 
Uh, we didn't play Starfinder last Sunday. Everybody was a little bit just weren't into it, uh, got tired. Sometimes a Sunday game is tough if you're going to play Sunday evening, but by then everybody's just wore out from the week the way it goes. So we've all decided to pick back up on this Sunday and I get to try my Vanguard again out. And I felt like two weeks ago I had I sat down, I got the Vanguard in my head. I understand how I should do things. I started understanding how I want to run my turn. But now two weeks have passed, so I'm going to have to go back and get it in my head again until I really get the system down. Because it's this fun idea of playing what a Vanguard is. is like this psychically enhanced melee brawler mm -hmm. is basically what it is. And uh, the idea of the, some of the things you can do to get yourself into combat, what you do when you are in combat, you can protect some people, you can protect yourself with your psychic power, or you can enhance your damage with your psychic power. And there's some mechanics going on in there. It's pretty fun. I'm interested to see where this goes and, and what happens when we start to level up and that kind of stuff. And I'm enjoying it. I'm not enjoying Fantasy Grounds at all. Um, there's a skin of Starfinder that you can use. So it has, it redoes all the desktop, all the character sheets, all the rolling stuff yeah. in Starfinder ways, but it still just feels really clunky to me. Though I've heard that the Unity-based system they're building is supposed to be really good, and that's supposed to be coming out pretty soon. So maybe the Fantasy Ground Unity-based system will, will win me over, whereas the one you that know, I have. Matt Colville, Fantasy Grounds is his loves uh, things of choice. Yeah, yeah. So, so based on that, you're wrong. So. I know. <laughs> I, I I love Matt. I I agree with him. Yeah. No. Maybe I Matt's I wrong. I played a game with Cody from 20. Taking Twenty and uh, Dave from Nerd Immersion on fantasy grounds and they were like throwing dice and clicking here and doing all these macro. And I, I could not wrap my brain around it. Like, I don't know. It, and I'm a very technical person. So you yeah. think that I would understand this, but I don't know. But mm -hmm. then at the same time, uh, one of my players is a, a, a literally a developer and we gave him roll 20 and he's like, I don't, I don't get this at all. So I wonder if it's just, you know, Mac versus Windows, you know? Yeah, it's Android it's versus iPhone. Inter interfaces. Like, yeah, what what you started with, that's what you want. That's what you're used to. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So I love a Roll20. So I endorse Roll20 just like you endorse <laughs> Hero Forge, which is yeah. super cool to go build your minis. They got their running their beta right now. Yeah, they're running the color beta. I was just playing with it, uh, like I said at the beginning yeah. of the thing. So, uh, yeah, check out the check me out on uh, Twitch because I think I, I don't think it's good content for the YouTube channel even though I like streaming there because I have a bigger audience but at the same time I, I stream non-D&D stuff and people are kind of like why did I subscribe to this and then all of a sudden <laughs> I, I dip below so uh, but if you're interested in that I will be on Twitch sometime in the next week uh, follow me on Twitter for notifications about that or turn on notifications if you follow me on Twitch and then it'll pop up and be like Jordan's live uh, mm -hmm. but I'm going to play, we're going to build some hero. Maybe if you're not busy, I'll, uh, we can do this together. We can do some hero force That'd stuff. Be That'd be sweet. fun. Build, build some characters. Since There's lots of characters like I can think of. We thought of five earlier. Yeah, <laughs> so did, uh, that's our show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out and watching us live. Uh, we're really excited to have you guys in chat. Uh, the, uh, Shannon, Carol, uh, Carl here had some really funny bits that I enjoyed in the chat. Uh, always good to see you, Victor. You're here all the time. Really awesome. Uh, so thank you guys. Um, anything else we need to say before we go? No, just go to those comments and let us know what your bardic inspirations were, how you're using the ones we're putting yeah. out there or what ones you're coming up with on your own. Share them in those YouTube comments. Make sure you uh, go out and tell us what you liked about in the podcast. If you're listening to us on the podcast, we love all those reviews. Other than that, I can't wait to see and talk to everybody.
next week. All right, we'll see you guys later. Have a good Saturday, stay healthy, and keep gaming. Bye. Stay healthy. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.